Haunted Horror Podcast. If these tales don't terrify you, then you're already dead. So far, no one has told me not to, so I'm going to do it anyways. Police still weren't doing nothing about finding my dad. Me and Sam were posting all over Facebook. Then these white dudes in suits show up at the front door. I don't want to have to deal with Jehovah's Witnesses with all that's going on. They were something else, though. They show me their badges and it says, Department of Energy. They're asking to speak with Jean Baptiste. I say that's me, and they come right in without asking. They sat on the couch like really close to each other. Their hands were touching. It was real weird, like there's plenty of room, guys. Then they started asking questions. They want to know everything about everything that's been happening. I tell them all the crazy shit I told y'all, and they don't look surprised or nothing. Like I was telling them about last night's game or something. They're really interested in the box. Did you see the box? I tell them no, I didn't see it. Could you have seen this box and not have been aware of it? And I was like, if I wasn't aware of it, then I wouldn't know if I'd seen it or not. So that's a yes then. They each pull a Capri Sun from their inside pockets and drink them. I didn't know they still made that shit. Who drinks Capri Sun? Then they say, Have you or anyone in your family had sexual contact with the entities residing next door? It was funny because I heard the entities as them titties. I know that sounds childish, but they said it funny. But that didn't seem like something the Department of Energy would say. I ignored it and just asked them, Are you guys here to find my dad? They answered with, Where is he? I tell them I don't know, that's why he's missing. Then they look at each other and grab hands like they in some buddy cop movie or something. Listen, John Baptiste, did you get a grasp on the identities of the neighbors? Again, identity was pronounced like I dim titties. I told them that they knew all I knew. Don't be a boo, the other said. Best thing to do is cooperate. It might be tedious, but take a moment and try to jug your memories. Just like that. Now I knew they were dicking with me, but they looked so serious, like crazy serious. I don't know if they'd ever smiled in their lives serious. It wasn't no prank or joke either. They were just trying to get under my skin or mess with my head or something. It was working too. Then, they asked me if they could use the bathroom. And that was a huge relief, 
and I told them where it was. They went together, and you know what? I never saw them again. There's no way out of that house that way except the windows. And none of them were open. Didn't look like they'd been to the bathroom either. Sam came downstairs then. He'd been asleep. He'd been sleeping a lot since Dad went missing. Guess that's how he handles it. He says, JB, who the hell are those dudes in your room? So we run upstairs and there's nobody there. No way to get out except them stairs. Are you hallucinating? Two dudes in suits just walked right into your closet before I ran down. They were smiling real wide like there was a sign above the door saying free blowjobs or something. And that's another weird thing. To get upstairs, they would have had to come back out from where the downstairs bathroom is and walk by me. But that never happened. I don't know how they got up there or where they went. We searched every inch of that house to make sure they weren't hiding. It's been days and I'm still thinking they're going to pop out when I'm in the shower. I don't know who those guys really were. And I don't know what they want from me. And I'm pretty sure they ain't no department of anything. The next day, I was driving home from the grocery store. And I see that guy from the house, Red Finney. And he's walking real slow along the sidewalk, kind of shuffling. I mean, I guess you can call it that. I pull to the side and go up to him and I say, You need to tell the police what you know. Where's my dad? And he just keeps shuffling along like I'm not even there. So now I'm starting to get mad and I'm yelling at this guy. This lady runs out of an apartment and she's like, Excuse me, what do you think you're doing? And I tell her, This creep knows what happened to my dad and he won't say nothing. She says, Mr. Turley has advanced dementia. He barely knows where he is, let alone where your dad is. Leave him alone. Come inside, Mr. Turley. Is this another one of your tricks? He grabs my phone from my pocket so fast, I almost don't even notice. And he starts messing around with it. He holds it out for me to grab. I see he's got this sly look on his face. I grab it anyway. When I do, he pulls me in close to him. He smells like mothballs and rotten meat. And he whispers, Call your dad tonight. Midnight. Mr. Turley, you don't want us to take your game night away, do you? Get inside. When I'm getting into the car, I can't help but notice the lady nurse. Or I guess that's what she is. She's got this nice fat butt. A pumpkin ass like Darnell says. And fine legs too. And she's got snake tattoos on her ankles. Kind of sexy. Then I think of all the snakes from the house. She turns back and looks at me just then, and I ain't even exaggerating when I say it. She looked like she wanted to stick a butcher knife in my face. I drive the hell out of there. School's done now, but not that it mattered. Because of Dad, Sam and I got excused from our final exams, and we've been home since. So it didn't matter if I stay up till midnight. Sam and I both stayed up, and we called Dad's number. And it keeps ringing and ringing. And that's good news. It was going direct to voicemail before. Well, he's not going to answer, JB, Sam said. He sounded more discouraged than ever. Well, let me try again. And I did, and it kept ringing again. But this time, someone answered. Dad! We both shouted. There's no answer. It's not silent either. We can hear breathing and, like, activity. Then Dad's voice singing. He's singing, Phenomenal Cat. 
and Dad loves music. He used to sing that song to us all the time when we were little. Exactly like that. And we're trying to talk to him the whole time, but he just keeps singing like it's a recording. So we give up. We just listen to him sing. Then the phone hangs up. We tried calling it back and it went straight to voicemail. We told the police, but they still believe he ran away with the neighbor. And we told them about the Department of Energy too. And they told us to politely get lost. After that, my dad's sister came down from Michigan to help find dad and to help my mom cope. Really, she was there to take us back to her house. I guess all our family agreed we couldn't handle that house by ourselves. She had us pack up what we needed, put it in her van, and drove me, Sam, and my mom to stay with her. And since we've been with Aunt Thea, nothing at all has happened strange. No Department of Energy, no creepy old men, no snakes, and no titties neither. I almost forgot what normal was like. Kind of boring, but cool too. But I'm okay with it. But I miss Dad so much. Who's going to make me wear my balls for earrings? Or whip me with my own dick? Who's going to get mad at me because I scratched myself up in a weird way or something? He's out there somewhere. And all I can say is, I hope he's smacking the hell out of them big titties and having a great time at her expense. That old turd can sit there and watch. So there's just one last thing to say. And this comes from Aunt Thea. She said she remembers one day when Dad come running into the house at night and he looked scared out of his mind. She thought right away he got himself involved with gangs or something. She rolls up her magazine and gives him a good hit with it. He gets mad, but at least he's not scared anymore. Well, she tells him that's what he gets for messing with gangs. And he tells her it ain't gangs at all. There's something really wrong with the people in that big house. But she tells him he needs to relax. They're just circus people. Dad's like, what the hell are you talking about? But Aunt Thea tells me. But sure enough, I remember seeing him put on a magic show. I think it was at the circus. This old man and a woman. She looked like she was in a daze the whole time. He had her hid behind a curtain or something. Seconds later, she walked out of a door on the other side of the stage. And I thought I figured it out, that she had a twin. Then they took a volunteer. They had him go inside the box. They pretended they lost him after that. The box was empty. The young guy wasn't around nowhere. Finally, they go and find him in the box again. And it made my hair stand on end because I swear to Jesus, and I don't normally swear at all, that what came out of that box was not the same boy at all. Looked just like him, but it wasn't him. I knew that boy, and that wasn't him. Or if it was him, he'd lost something of himself. He left town right after that. Some folks said he'd seen things in that box, that it took him somewhere awful. Other folks laughed and said the magician paid him real well. Now, that's what they call a digression. What I really want to tell you is what happened the next day. Dad goes off with his friends up to their mischief, and I stay home like I usually do. That lady from the house knocks on our front door. In person, she's so beautiful. I remember thinking that. Face like a heart, big eyes, shaped like every man imagines a woman ought to be shaped. I was 
predisposed to think unkindly towards her. She says Dad left something in her house and she shows me his watch. It was a gift from our father, so he ought to be ashamed for losing it. She asks if she can come in and give it to him. And I watch a lot of cop shows. I know a little bit about looking around. I fancied myself a detective, so I give her a good look over. You'd think a girl like that would cast the finest shadow you ever saw. It wasn't. Her shadow was tall and lank and bent over like a retired scarecrow. There's no angle of light that can make a girl cast that kind of shadow. I believe the devil can take any shape. So when I saw it, I grabbed the watch and told her to never set foot in our home again. She laughed and said she goes where she pleases. I go where I please. She said that, and that was the last I ever saw of her. After that, I believed all they said about that boy that went in that box. Well, I told her a little bit of what happened. She said, evil just wants your soul, not your body. She wasn't interested in talking about it much after that. I don't know about evil, but I don't think they were normal people either. I saw too much I can't explain. I don't know if they're aliens or witches or what. But if any of you see her, and you'll know if you do, believe me, don't let them titties fool you. And uh, let me know if you see my dad. He will just want your soul, not your body, not your body, not your body, not your body, not your body. I just wanted to take a second and thank each and every one of you that listens and follows the show. It really means a lot. This show has been an ever-evolving door of names and ideas, but I always seem to come back to the horror genre. What can I say? It's what I love. So stay tuned. The stories are going to keep getting weirder. Oh, and thanks for sticking around for the Sexy Neighbor series. Stay tuned next week for another chilling tale from the Haunted Horror Podcast. Be sure to follow the Haunted Horror Podcast on Twitter at The Haunted Pod. <laughs>